Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We're certainly honored to come across your airwaves, to be part of your day, to be part of this community. And uh, uh, the Lord knows, the Lord knows we pray for you and he knows what you're going through. And boy, every time I get, Stephanie, every time I go to a church now, there's somebody in that church that listens to this podcast. I, I think it's been wow. f- five to six churches in a row where somebody comes up to me and they, you know, they want to talk about, you know, the podcast and what we do and things like that. I had someone come up to me and, and, uh, kind of accuse me or get me all messed up with somebody who's a celebrity. Oh, you and Stephanie are such celebrities. I want you to know we're nothing, man. We, we're the opposite of celebrity. We're the, we're the person that has to get in the double long line at Starbucks to get our coffee, but uh, just want to share that with you because we're messed up people, man. So we're totally approachable. (laughs) Feel free to look us up on helpful wounded spirits. So we heard something from Sammy and I don't know whether Sammy is a, a man or a woman, but Sammy wrote us and wanted to thank us for helping him or her, uh, for helping him or her, uh, deal with PTSD on a daily basis. So Sammy, that's a big deal to us. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And you're welcome. And, uh, and we, we just wanted to recognize you and say, thank you for that. It's notes like this that, Mm -hmm. you know, they're they're incredibly, um, I don't know, just encouraging, encouraging. Yeah, that's the best word. You're an encouragement to us, an incredible encouragement to us that kind of makes our day going. And we get some of your other notes, and and uh, we, we see that some of you uh, uh, are always looking for different things we can help you with, and we want to do that. And so sometimes if you're, like, in real need to talk to someone, send us your phone number. Most of the time I just try to answer you. And uh, uh, But, again, we, we love hearing from you. Thank you for that. So we started off, Stephanie, at the beginning of the week. And we started off by talking about triggers and triggers are a big deal when you have PTSD. So we mentioned that a yeah. trauma causes PTSD. We've talked about all kinds of things that can cause it, you know, being a policeman and, and, uh, unfortunately having to, to shoot people, having to deal with people who die in your arms, coming across accidents, being in the military, being abused, watching a murder, being in an accident, being gaslighted. Stephanie, we talked about how dealing with narcissism and there's, you know, there is as many um, traumas as there are people alive with PTSD. No trauma looks exactly yeah. the same. You know, you can't, we don't generalize uh, ever on this podcast because we know how different things look. Uh, you know, we, we get that. And, uh, and, and so, and then from that trauma comes these triggers and these triggers remind us backwards to the trauma or what caused the PTSD. So we're always telling people, remember your traumas, you know, make a list, write down what it is that messed you up. It may be a failed relationship, bereavement, all these other things I keep on mentioning. I keep on trying to add one, two or three every time I come on to try to help you guys with that area. Uh, try to know what that trauma is so you can pray to God about it and uh, you can stay away from the triggers because those triggers will bring you right back 
to that yeah. trauma. And you know, they get you questioning yourself, Stephanie. That's how the devil works mm-hmm. with triggers too, is it? You know, is this yeah. all my fault? Is, uh, you yeah. know, did my friend Willie, in my case, did he die because I did something wrong yeah. in his care? Did I not notice something? Uh, yeah. So, you know, one of my triggers is when I see people in the military who died, uh, probably my biggest trigger is blood. I, I try to, it'll make me a little dizzy. Yeah. Uh, it brings me back to tasting his blood. You know, he had a cut on his lip and I can remember trying to give him mouth to mouth and CPR and drinking blood. And I mean, blood's a, one of your triggers as well. Um, yeah, big. yeah it's, it has a pretty, pretty big effect on your day. I'm just being yeah. honest with you. You know, your triggers can mess up your day. That's why we talk about staying away from. So, so what do I do with a trigger like that? I try to stay away from blood. I mean, I do give blood. It's gotten better. I do know that giving blood can maybe help uh, somebody out. So I want to do that. And because I've had all the COVID reality stuff, they're always looking for my blood. And uh, I want to help people with that. Uh, But again, uh, you know, I don't want to watch, I I don't want to watch the murder stories on TV, the unsolved mysteries. I, you know, I don't listen to true reality podcast. I, I don't want to go back to a time where everything's going crazy, I guess is what I'm saying, Stephanie, because I don't want to hear those things that are triggers for me. Right. Well, and, and I think it's important to remember, um, Obviously, blood is a very, very big um, trigger for me as well. And remembering that, you know, there was a time when, again, when th- things get better, there was a time when I have a couple sons that get bloody noses really easily. And there was a time when they would get a bloody nose and I would go vomit. Um, where just that little bit of blood would mess me up that bad. Now, does blood still mess me up? Yes. But now I can, I can do things for my kids again. I can bandage wounds. I can um, clean up a bloody nose mess. And does it still make me a little nauseous? Yeah. Does it still make my heart go nuts? Do I still have to say, okay, God, I'm dealing with this again. Please help me get through it. And, you know, normally those triggers, I, I have flashbacks. You know, and my kids, this communicate with the people around you if blood is a trigger for you. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, my boys, they like to be funny. Well, they'll, they'll start talking about blood in a way that to them is funny. To me, it's not. To me, it sends me right back. And so how, communicating with them saying, Hey buddy, you can't talk that way when I'm around. I know you're having fun, but that's not, it's not fun to mom. I'm seeing things Yeah. from what you're saying that you're not meaning. And so communicate, you know, if you have a trigger, communicate with the people around you so that they understand because they could be triggering you without having any realization that's what they're doing. And so being willing to open up and be vulnerable enough to say, Hey, when I'm around, please just avoid that subject because it is a trigger for me. Yeah. And and I think that's probably, you know, an example or a look at any trigger. So it doesn't matter what your trigger is, dear friends. Um, it, it does matter how you try to, you know, get through it, uh, how you try to avoid things that blow things up. But then again, you see things differently. And I like how Stephanie went there again. So for me, I'm able to make a difference between giving blood or seeing somebody bleeding out on the side of the road. And, uh, and so that's what we have to be able to do. We have to prayerfully get to that point with God's help 
uh, to remove some of those triggers. And, and I mean, people have triggers that are as varied as the differences in PTSD. And, and I'll tell you tomorrow, I, I want to Friday, I really want to talk about, uh, sexual trauma. So come back tomorrow as being a trigger. Cause I, we've worked with a lot of people who went through that. So I really want to go down that road just for a minute or two tomorrow and see how we can help you a little bit in that area. And, and, and we want to do that. So Stephanie, we've been cruising along, uh, through Proverbs chapter 17. And today we're starting on verse seven and, uh, things like that. And it starts right off and it says, excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lion lips a prince. So here we go. We're back on that Hebrew poetry, uh, that parallelism we talked about where in one case, so in this case, it says, you know, excellence, you know, doing things right, having that excellent speech, you don't become a fool. When you're well thought out, you're using God's word, you're putting these things into your life, you're speaking Christ, you're speaking grace, uh, you're, you're not a fool. Uh, yeah. But then if you're lying, if you're not speaking grace, if you're speaking the things of this world, if you're clever, if you're trying to go around the corner, if you're trying to back talk, if you're trying to slide in, well, lying lips, you're not going to be a prince in God's army. That's for sure. And I mean, what are you seeing here, Stephanie? Well, what I'm seeing is that uh, a fool and excellent speech are opposite. They cannot be in the same context. They cannot be in the same room together in terms of they're never identified with each other. And um, same, th- and it should be true of a prince, of anyone in leadership position. Oh, my goodness. If a, if a leadership position person is known as having lying lips, woe to that person because they are blaspheming the God who put them in that position of leadership. And so it, I think this is, it's very powerful because it's, again, we come back to the power of our words, the power of the tongue here, <clears throat> but, but excellent speech. In other, in other words, speech filled with wisdom, with prudence, with understanding, with, with true biblical knowledge, will it, it they it cannot belong to a fool a fool cannot give excellent speech because they don't go together and it should not be true it says how much more in other words much or much less do lying lips in other words i mean this should be such an obvious thing unfortunately um nowadays if you're if you're a statesman who speaks the truth you'll be called a narcissist. Um, yeah. I remember a former president was called a narcissist because he spoke the truth. And it's like, no, he's speaking the truth. You just want somebody who's going to lie to you. And that's what makes you happy. Well, that's not how God's word says it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, a, basically a dishonest leader uh, is worse than, you know, a fool, worse than an arrogant fool. I mean, a dishonest leader, it's yeah. a, it, there's a comparison here. Again, with, with dealing with this comparison, once again, you know, which one do you want to be? And obviously we don't have to look at that real long to know that one. And, uh, but sometimes you have to think about these things. Sometimes it's the reason we're studying Proverbs, the reason, the reason we read our Bibles every morning or listen to them or, or do our devotions or listen to this podcast even is to think about things in a healthy or godly perspective that helps us grow. And as we grow, we bring glory and honor to God. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, have that excellent speech, uh, you know, say those right things, you know, be, 
have things that are peppered with, with God's word and, uh, uh, you know, and with God's grace and boy, God can use that. And, and then we go on to Proverbs, uh, 17, number eight, verse number eight, it says a gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that have it whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. And, uh, I, I kind of like this. It's, you know, it's, it's human nature to regard a present as something precious. It, it, that's always, you know, I got a present. I really like it. Um, and in this case, I think that, you know, a present, you know, in this context, uh, it, it can be a bribe. It can be something bad. Uh, so in, in this proverb, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's something precious in the possessor, but who, you know, if you get to the bottom, the gain, the one who receives the gift delights uh, them that accomplishes the purpose of the gift. So I think the latter clause in this is evident uh, to me. It's talking about, you know, cut stones, diamond. I don't know, something brilliant, beautiful, wonderful. But I think there's something here. If we look at this just a little bit, uh, as we talk about this, we got this precious stone, let's say a diamond, ruby, sapphires, whatever, uh, it, it can prosper somebody. It can be something special. But at the same time, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself that as long as the gift is given with intentional reason, we, we don't give gifts to bribe somebody or make somebody. I give a gift to make the person feel better, and I think they deserve it. So I think there's a motive there in my eyes uh, on why we're giving that gift as well, Stephanie, or why yeah. someone's getting it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to, and to have that purpose of this gift to be a blessing to you and a gift that's truly given as a blessing is a precious, it, it's something very, um, it's priceless. You know what I'm saying? To know somebody loved me enough to care about me and, and you never know. Um, there's times God will put it on my heart to send a package to somebody. You never know the difference you're making on their life that day that you give them a gift that God lays on your heart to do for them. That may cause them to influence someone else and be a blessing to someone else that changes someone else's life. And so you have this beautiful thing of where you can have a difference on multiple lives simply by, by being encouragement and blessing to someone who's struggling. You know what I'm saying? So it, it can have this domino effect in a very good way. Um, and that's what I see here when it says, whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth, where you make a difference in ways and in paths that you have no idea because you take that step of obedience or love or both to impact someone else and be a blessing to someone else. Yeah. And, and, and you know, being a gift giver is a great thing. You know, being that person that, you know, for no reason, just, you know, gives you a chocolate bar or something. I don't know. You know, I've never yeah. got a gift where I haven't smiled. And, and, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a great thing, but you know, know why we're giving it. Are we giving a gift just to give a gift? And I, I think that's something that, that God would want from us to do. I, I don't think we give a gift to remind people, Hey, I gave you this. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I, I've never liked oh, that. Yes. Yeah. I did this for you. How dare you not worship me? Because yeah, don't be giving gifts as bribes. Yeah. Because yeah. then in God's eyes, it's not a gift at all. That's right. That's exactly. Amen. You know, all you're doing is bribing people or trying yeah. to win favor with people. I just want to give a gift to give a gift. 
You know, I don't, if something good comes out of that gift where the other person feels good, thank God for that. But it's not a bribery thing here. This isn't a bribery thing. It it gifts. And and I just, the only reason I say that, Stephanie, is sometimes we have this, uh, we're raised in a certain way, is what I want to say here, where we almost think that we got to gift gifts to bribe people. And I don't want to do that at all. I want to give gifts to make people smile. I want to give gifts to make people's lives just a little better place uh, for that few minutes that I give them that gift. And, and, and here in verse number nine, and you know, we go to a little bit of a different place, but so important. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. And uh, uh, I was thinking about that. You know, some people make transgressions. And, you know, we can expose them. We can make a big deal out of that. Or we can tactfully and lovely, you know, and lovingly, you know, handle things. Uh, choose not to expose it to man. Um, we, we don't want to uncover it. You know, we don't want to keep on trying to ruin people. Uh, I, I want to get this right because, friends, I think that, you know, sometimes we can make a mountain out of a mohill. And if somebody's just goofed up and they've done something in their life and they've went to God and it's getting better Mm -hmm. and they're not doing it anymore. Well, you know, we have no need to repeat that. We have no need to point them out forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I think dealing with, um, this is, this is so true, especially when you're dealing with people who have been through traumas and have been through, the awful brokenness of this world. Um, because there are things that people have done that they aren't proud of, or they've been through things that maybe weren't even their fault, but it's, there's that sense of shame or worthlessness that comes with something in their past and be the person that's there to say, that's why, why would I bring that up? Why would that be something, you know what I'm saying? Because people are so used to, Christians are supposed to be known as people that build up. Yeah. But people in our world are so used to, to people who are evil to others who, who gloat on tearing down, who gloat on emphasizing the wrong. And to be the one that says, it doesn't matter if you've confessed and forsaken what, what it's not my job to stand in judgment of you. This is under the blood. And if Christ loved you enough to forgive you, I love you enough that this is never getting brought up. Yeah. Be that person because that's how we edify. That's how we build. That's how we strengthen. That's how we are a part, a part of the healing process. If you're, if you're someone who is constantly, Oh, do you know what that person did? Yeah. If you're that person, you are going to be a part of the one who's still opening wounds and pouring alcohol on, you know, rub, you know, that feeling of rubbing alcohol on an open wound, it hurts so bad. Yeah. And that person you will be, and you can do it in the name of, well, I just want to make sure that person's on track. No baloney. That's not how you make sure someone stays on track for God. You make sure someone stays on track for God by loving them, by encouraging them, by being there to build them up. Yeah. We just need to cut it out. You know, and, uh, you know, these tales get bigger on what people have done too, Stephanie, if, if you're the type Mm -hmm. of person that, 
you know, wants to keep on sharing the matter and push it. And it always gets bigger than what it is. You know, these things, they grow, they get bigger, they go on and on. Uh, I've mentioned before in this podcast, probably probably a couple of years ago now, one of the instruments we used in Army recruiting is we'd bring a class of Army recruiters in there. And one of the things we would do as we trained recruiters was effective communication and what can happen in communication. So we would line up everybody in the class on a stage and they might have 30 people in that class, and we would hand a three-by-five card. It would have a statement like something, the sun goes down at 7 o'clock today, 7 p.m. today. And we would have the first guy read that and whisper it in the ear of, you know, number one. And then by the time it comes to number 30, you have a guy pull out a three-by-five card and a piece of pen and write down what he heard. And it was always something like, uh, you know, it's a sunny day today, or, you know, we're going downtown, uh, after, you know, it was always something Mm -hmm. that crazy and it wasn't intentionally done. It's just, you, you know, tales get bigger, stories change. The more you say, we can even lose our grip on reality, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and we can harp on things. And that's another bad thing. Not only telling tales, but boy, we can harp on things. We can get stuck harping on, well, this guy or this gal, or these people don't look or act exactly the way I want them. Well, stop it. You know, is, are they doing something that against, that is against God's will? Are they hurting you or your family? I mean, if that litmus test is no, no, then speak grace, speak Jesus, uh, you know, take them out to Starbucks, uh, you know, just get, (laughs) get on with your life. Eat, eat some of those, uh, uh, Pumpkin, uh, that's the only reason I like the fall, that and when Stephanie makes them, those pumpkin cream cheese filled muffins. muffins that are right. Man, those muffins are only second to me in desserts. Number one is Debbie's creme brulee, which is has a place, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that right there, but it's bad for you, man. I mean, she uses like three dozen eggs, man. It's a custard. But those muffins but it is so right with god it is it takes you to a different place it takes you just thinking about creme brulee is messing me up but anyway go ahead i got saliva running down my face right now (laughs) hey listen folks we started off talking about triggers again we wanted to spend the whole week these characteristics of ptsd talking about those things so we can help folks out help ourselves out think about what we're going through so today as we talked about triggers in my case we talked about blood stephanie suffers from the same thing and uh and and folks remember your trigger uh whatever it may be or triggers and try to stay away from that try to make friends with it deal with it give it to god whatever the case may be we sure do love you folks if there's anything we can do to help you make sure you look for us at helpful wounded spirits can i ask you a favor i know i do this once a week that if you're listening to this podcast and you love it whatever engine you're listening to this on uh as a podcast or on a radio station would you go ahead and give us a five thumbs up a five star rating that's really helpful as people are looking for podcasts uh, for things with PTSD. We certainly hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin. For the wages of sin is death. Third, 
Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.